Broadcasting live from the haunted ridge on the plain of Innistrad, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me is Nelson. Hey there. And Cameron. Hi. And today we are talking about some of the previews from the rapidly <laughs> progressing Innistrad Midnight Hunt preview season, preview week. It used to be a whole a whole season, but now there's just too much stuff. And you can get some of that stuff at our sponsor, cardkingdom.com. Go to cardkingdom.com slash LRR. That lets them know that we sent you. And we do that because they're great and they have good prices and very fast shipping to the point that I just ordered a bunch of cards for a commander deck that I'm playing on the Friday Night Paper Fight tonight on day of recording because we're recording on Friday the 3rd of September. And I ordered them on uh, Monday and they are here. Nice. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, they're packaged in little cardboard boxes. Actually, they're they have a note that's like because of the pandemic, they aren't able to get their normal sort of like clamshell plastic cases, and they're very apologetic about it. And they're like, "Please leave us, a, you know, your thoughts in this survey or whatever." And I did, and I went to the survey immediately and said, "These boxes are great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have so many nice. little like. 10 card cases yeah from card kingdom and i feel terrible like what do i do with them all i bought cards from yj on monday but i can remember thinking like oh i guess i have to do this like you know anything i don't find here like i'll just have to play some different cards instead because i don't have enough time to get cards from somewhere else like card kingdom but clearly i was wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) so next time i'll just think ah there's still time don't forget to ask card kingdom for a button and they'll give you a little button and I believe it still is Nelson's favorite lens and front party in the back. Yes, I like that one very much. Ask for two of them. One, one <laughs> more piece of housekeeping before we start talking about Innistrad Midnight Hunt preview cards, which is, of course, Innistrad Midnight Hunt, the PPR. Yes. Hey. Innistrad the Midnight Hunt pre-pre-release. Sorry, Innistrad Midnight Hunt, the pre-pre-release, is <laughs> happening at its usual start time of 11 a.m. Pacific on a unusual but still convenient weekend day of sunday september 12th so it's coming up real soon it is still all loading ready run but with the added bonus of actual physical humans sharing meat space and using paper cards in a in a room together so that will be exciting all loading ready run but in seats (laughs) (laughs) all loading ready run will get butts in seats there we go we got it you know who pays for those seats our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash loading ready run and we really appreciate it because otherwise we'd be like milk crating it and you know like without you we might not have sleeves and there's a bunch of double-sided cards in this set so thank you mm. for that for some reason when you said we wouldn't have sleeves i was imagining you were talking about clothing and oh yeah that too yeah all our shirts <laughs> sleeveless we're all, we're all sharing like one napkin that's wrapped around dobby and we just like have to take turns wearing like the tunic so that we can appear on camera the camera's <laughs> being run by like a crank the internet is just like you know, me and Beach taking turns on a treadmill to keep it going, to push the information down a series of tubes. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, as part of the slow return to what pre-pre-releases looked like in the before times, yeah, we'll be, you know, there's more information on that on that later, but obviously everything will be done safely and with all appropriate precautions. Boy, I can't wait to actually be able to use control magic effects again. Mm. My gaunty has been looking at me longingly. Today, however, yeah, we are we are in the thick of previews for Innistrad Midnight Hunt, and there's some very cool, cool looking stuff. Let's sort of talk first of all about the mechanics, and then we can talk about individual other cards. Speaking of mechanics, I mean I'll use that as an opportunity to talk about cards. So first I'll talk about Arlen. We have a new Arlen. Oh, yay. Arlen the Pax Hope. 
legendary planeswalker arlen with a very fancy looking the the showcase frame the sort of harvest festival it, it's called the harvest tide real real quick lore update possibly because they trapped emmercool in the moon or possibly that's just what's happening with the moon on innistrad anyway something's wrong with the moon and the nights are lasting way too long and the humans are like all right we need to have our harvest tide festival to try and appease the moon i guess to make it not be trying to kill us because humans don't do well at nighttime on innistrad for a variety of werewolf and vampire related reasons so that's what's going on that's why the showcase card frame is all fancy looking and sort of like autumn colors and stuff and then the dark side is all withered and creepy it's really cool looking anyway arlen two red green for a four loyalty planeswalker with day bound what does that mean, Graham? I'm glad you asked. So this is a codification of the werewolf mechanic from the previous Innistrad sets. And it's just a way to let them put more rules text on werewolves, essentially. Well, there is actually there is actually a subtle difference with the way that they've changed the rules for day and night. So Daybound basically reads the same as if a player casts two spells in a turn, then transform this card. But instead of it being all individual card by card, the way that it was in previous Innistrad sets, where like, depending on exactly how it worked out, you could have some some cards that were humans and some cards that were their werewolf side or whatever. This is now the game tracks, whether it's day or night. So at the beginning of the game, it is neither day nor night, which is a freaky thought in and of itself. We all start in the blind eternities. Yeah. And then as soon as one of these things happens as soon as something in the game makes that happen then it becomes tracked as either day day or night and so in arlen's case you know it's the the where the previous werewolf clause which is now the daybound thing which is if a player casts two spells then you or no if, sorry if a player casts no spells in a turn then you transform to the then then it becomes night and then you can transform arlen and then on then the transformed side has nightbound, which is the opposite thing, which is if a player casts two spells in a turn, then it becomes day. What's interesting, what's different here about the game tracking day versus night rather than the individual cards, is it means that if it's night, if you've done the thing and it becomes night and the game is like, yes, it is nighttime, then because the, they have a little reminder token, a day-night reminder token that they've shown, and the night one says, I don't recall the exact wording actually because I don't have the token in front of me, but it basically says like, your your werewolves come in transformed like wow. so everything in the game like the day or night is consistent so if it's nighttime and you you play you play a human werewolf it will come in on its night side if it if the game is night it's actually not subtle like that's a pretty big deal mechanics wise yeah mm -hmm. like this is mm -hmm. different from the it's the same flavor obviously as the previous werewolves and it even uses a similar mechanic but the fact that you can cast any of these werewolves and get the backside which is usually like from the previous instruments at least like they're usually more powerful like that's a it's a bump up for what you get out of your mana so yeah that's that's exciting and different yeah because it does actually change technically how those previous werewolves like sort of worked i mean it doesn't it doesn't actually change anything about their text though i assume they'll they'll be oracle to sort of day bound or night bound or whatever but it it does mean that they get the benefit of this new this new change I wonder about that. I would. I don't know. I would. I would bet the other side and say that the old werewolves will stay the same. Actually, if we're if we're guessing. True, but I mean, they still get to like if the if the game says that it's night, they still get to enter on their transformed side. Okay. Well, because the token. Hang on. Now I need to look it up. Pre you mean like previous werewolves from like Eldritch Moon and Shadows of Innistrad and stuff? Yeah. And original Innistrad, they're going to be able to enter on the far side because currently the way those work is like you. They always entered on the on the front side and then. They needed to like become night in order to flip, even if mm -hmm. it was already night. Like you can play a reckless waif 
somebody casts no spells, it flips, and then on your turn you cast another reckless wave. It doesn't come down as a three two. It comes down as a one one, and then someone has to play no spells again. Hang on, I figured it out. Okay, so th- they actually have they very carefully worded this in a way that makes me think that you are correct, and that they probably won't oracle the older were- werewolves. Like it'd be cool if they did. Well, so the knight token mm-hmm. says as it becomes night, transform all daybound permanents. All right. Permanents enter the battlefield night bound. Right. So it's not it's not all your humans or your werewolves or whatever enter transformed or whatever. It's if they enter night bound. So that only affects if a card actually says literally night bound on it. Even though the reminder text for night bound is exactly the same as the previous werewolf clause. Yeah. If it doesn't actually say night bound, then that doesn't do it. Right. So that does only affect the new the new werewolves that actually use daybound and nightbound it's so. cool and it's more flavorful and it's neat that they like i don't know gave us a version two of a mechanic like that doesn't happen terrible i guess lots of mechanics are similar to other mechanics but this one's really like okay we're we're redoing this mechanic it's clearly the same one that you're familiar with yeah so uh, let me read the rest of arlen so like i said two red green for a four loyalty planeswalker with daybound plus one until your next turn you may cast creature spells as though they had flash and each creature you control enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it. And then minus three, create two, two, two green wolf creature tokens, which is very cool. And then, like I said, daybound. So Arlen can transform into Arlen, the moon's fury, which is also a four loyalty walker with nightbound. Plus two, add red green to your mana pool. And zero, until end of turn, Arlen the Moon's Fury becomes a 5-5 werewolf creature with trample, indestructible, and haste. Okay. So that's very cool. I think that's pretty powerful, honestly. Like, worst case scenario, I think playing Arlen down minus three and making two wolves is not bad. And then if you can transform her, I believe when you transform the loyalty, it like loyalty doesn't get retained, right? It, she would transform into the Arlen the Moon's Fury with the four loyalty now. No. No? Loyalty, yeah, counters, enchantments, equipment, all just hang around on tr- permanence as they transform, unless they're specifically those... The ones that exile and come back? Okay. Exactly, yeah. All right. Well, still cool. Still cool. Yeah. I mean, you're still going to be able to use either of the Nightbound abilities, no matter how many loyalty are on her, yeah. right? Because it's, it's a zero and a plus two. I think it's nice that there's a Planeswalker other than Gideon that gets to turn into some giant indestructible creature to attack. So that's that's nice. Sarkhan also becomes a dragon a lot. Sarkhan becomes a dragon a lot. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Another one of the mechanics that we'll take a look at is on a new... T- a new look at Sigarda. So obviously my Selesnia commander deck is very excited. This is Sigarda Champion of Light. One green, white, white for a 4-4 legendary angel with flying and trample. Ooh, a flample angel. Already, I'm already on board. Humans you control get plus one, plus one. Nice. Reminder that when your human werewolves transform, when they go to their nightbound side, they are no longer human on the, on the type line. They become just werewolves. So, but that usually makes them bigger anyway, just pointing it out. And then she has this ability, Coven. So it says, whenever Sigarda attacks, if you control three or more creatures with different powers, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a human creature card from among them, put it into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. So Coven is that ability there that it's if you control three or more creatures with different powers. We've got we've got an ability word here. It's going to remind you every time, probably. Yeah. Let me see if I can find another creature with Coven. I swear they showed one off, but I can't immediately see another one. But yeah, that's that's what uh, Coven does. That's I don't 
no oh no here we go here's one uh candlelit cavalry this is a common so four and a green for a five five human knight so that that's all it does but then coven at the beginning of combat on your turn if you control three or more creatures with different powers candlelit cavalry gains trample until end of turn i don't love this ability if i'm honest i mean it feels very this is for limited you know mm. just like little bit of extra you know skill testing words on cards to like give your make your make your games a little bit more interesting if you can pull off coven even you know sigarda i mean i think she might be a constructed card because she's a four four flying trample mm. that pumps your some of your other creatures right how relevant the coven ability is going to be in games of standard i'm not sure right. but yeah well, i mean maybe they'll maybe we'll get to see one that's like oh yeah you want you want to try and make that work but yeah certainly the the candle of cavalry seems to me kind of like the kind, kind of creature where you're like okay this is obviously for limited and sometimes will matter but yeah weird ability three different powers mm-hmm. i just I, I mean i guess we'll find out but i i don't know how reliable that's going to be i mean having three different creatures in play in the game of limited is already you sort of feel like you're ahead <laughs> <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah yeah all right. I wonder if that indicates that limited, they expect there to be board stalls mm. and limit, a coven can present like a way through them. Right. That's a good point. Possibly. Yeah. We already talked about how flashback is back and now on gold cards. So that's cool. They showed off. Let's take a look at galvanic iteration. Blue, red for an instant. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell this turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Ooh. And flashback for one blue red. So that seems nice. I quite liked the copy spell in Strixhaven, which was the first time that I ever liked spells like that. Yeah, this is like a magecraft, you know, I don't know, wet dream, I suppose. Like there's probably some cool, I don't know, blue red aggro deck maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure which magecraft cards like like it the most because like the better magecraft attackers are white. But I, I mean... Probably there's a strict saving card or two that's happy to see this. And certainly a commander deck or two. Yeah. Traditionally, the effects like this have not really been worth a card in terms of limited. But this card is rare. So that either means that it's very powerful and I'm just sort of not really seeing it. Or, again, I'm talking about limited specifically. Or that they're just trying to make it so there's not that many flying around in limited. Because, again, the one in Strixhaven was common, but that set was all about casting powerful spells. I imagine that this is rare because it is powerful and constructed. I think even that one from Strixhaven, like, it's just, it was just blue-red, your next spell gets copied. Yeah. Or or two. It was two is it, yeah. Or whatever the that combination of colors is, yes. Prismari. But, yeah. anyways, in, in that set, you would get, like, two sets of magecraft triggers right because your magecraft would cop would trigger every time you copy a spell so it's like in that spe- set specifically like you're saying like because it was cast about casting spells it was a bit more valuable and it still was a very late pick and draft like you you just decided to play one or not but you usually didn't have to spend a, a pick to get it mm-hmm. well i mean in limited we are looking at a reprint of thermo alchemist yeah there might be a blue red spells deck that really wants this yeah yeah i mean you don't want many of them but Maybe getting a little extra mileage out of whatever the the Scorch equivalent in this set turns out to be would be fine. I mean, I'd, I would have played this in first Innistrad with Burning Vengeance. Mm, definitely. So if there's a deck like that, why not? I believe there might be, but we can get to that later. One of the other mechanics is Disturb, and I like this a lot. It's very straightforward. Basically, you have a creature that has a front side, a day side. It doesn't transform like daybound or nightbound. It just has a has a day side. And then when it dies from your graveyard, you can cast it for its disturb cost, and then you get the backside. You get a different creature. So let's look at one of the ones with the most pleasant flavor, uh, Beloved Beggar. So it's one and a white for a zero four human peasant. So going to sit there and block for a while and eventually jump block something big. 
the flavor text. Charity is rare on Innistrad, but kindness is always repaid. Everyone likes this guy. Which is why you can then pay four white white to disturb from your graveyard. And then it comes back into play as Generous Soul, a 4-4 spirit with flying and vigilance. And if it would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, exile it. They all have that, that clause, so you can't just keep doing it. But the flavor text, as long as evil threatens his town, the blessed sleep can wait. I love this guy. Four toughness means that, like, getting to chump block might be a question mark. But the other thing you can do with these cards is, like, loot them into your graveyard and then disturb them, right? Yep. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of, like, between flashback and disturb, there's plenty of rewards for self-mill going on here. I thought for sure you were going to start off with Bait Hook Angler because it's a little bit more on brand. This is a human peasant for one and a blue, and it's a 2-1 uh, with Disturb, one and a blue. And on the backside, if you pay the Disturb cost, you just get Hook Haunt Drifter, 1-2 Flying that you know would be exiled if it goes to the graveyard. So you can you can pay retail for a Piker or Stormcrow <laughs> yeah. if, if you want to level up the power of your game. Comes back as the Stormcrow. Love it. So yeah, I actually think Disturb is, I mean, it, it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, it feels like something that they've done before and they actually haven't. And it's different in a couple distinct ways and in a way that I think is really clean and makes a lot of sense. And I like Disturb a lot. Hmm. I'm just reluctant to poo-poo any one-two flyers in a set as lousy with one-one spirits as Innistrad sets have been. Mm. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I will never stop poo-pooing one-two flyers, but if the yeah, if there's lingering souls and, and they're ilk running around, certainly this is their time to shine. I agree. And well, this, I mean, it's two creatures for one card, so this could be a perfectly fine pickup. Well, you mentioned Burning Vengeance. I'm going to talk about a specific card, not a mechanic anymore. Have you seen what has already been nicknamed Birding Vengeance? I have. <laughs> I'm very excited by it. Yeah. So it's called Ominous Roost. It's an enchantment for two and a blue. When Ominous Roost enters the battlefield, or whenever you cast a spell from your graveyard, create a 1-1 blue bird creature token with flying that also says this creature can block only creatures with flying. Okay, yeah, that does seem to be like the new Burning Vengeance or bur Birding Vengeance, yeah. right? Like, also, the art on this card is fantastic. I really like that it makes one when it ETBs. Yes. It's also worth noting that in comparison to something like Embalm or Eternalize, I'm thinking of this because of Amonkhet Remastered was just on Arena, which are abilities and can't be countered by cards that counter spells, which is most counters. Disturb is casting the card. The Disturb Cost Reminder Text says you may cast this card from your graveyard transformed for its Disturb Cost. So that means you can counter it with more traditional counters. Also, it means that for Ominous Roost, you are casting a card from your graveyard. So that was obviously done very carefully. Neat. And I guess, so when you cast it, you'll put the backside on the stack. I believe that, I guess... I don't know. It's, well, we'll have to read the FAQ, but if if the, you know, sometimes reminder text does trick us it's just so they can fit it on the card and give you basically the idea. But if the reminder text is to be believed there, then, you know, you'll pay some mana and then you'll put, you know, your generous soul right on the stack. So uh, there probably isn't a, what's it called, power leak or whatever in the set. But anything that cares about a, a CMC, you know, like counter target spell with CMC X or less is always going to hit these. Yeah. Sorry, I mean amount of value. There's a, one more mechanic, which I forgot about briefly. I guess it's, yeah, no, yeah, it's a, me it's a mechanic. It's a mechanic. It's called Decayed. Let's take a look at a new a new Gisa. We have Gisa Glorious Resurrector, who just looks like she's having an absolute blast. Yep. And good for her. Two black black for a 4-4 legendary human wizard. If a creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. So this puts me in mind of the um, Draugr Necromancer. 
from Kaldheim. Oh, yeah. It's 4444 with that same first line of text. But Gisa says, At the beginning of your upkeep, put all creature cards exiled with Gisa onto the battlefield under your control. Holy moly. They gain decayed. So what decayed means is a creature with decayed can't block, and when it attacks, sacrifice it at the end of combat. So it's they're very fragile. Now, in Geese's case, maybe that was a bad example, because Geese's case is actually stealing your creatures out of your graveyard and doing that. But there's a couple cards that they've shown so far that make zombie tokens, and it looks like all the zombie tokens in Innistrad this time around have decayed. I don't imagine that they... Maybe they have. It would just be confusing if there were some that did ones and some that didn't. But I, I believe all the zombies in the set, at least all the ones we've seen so far, have decayed. So they're two, two zombies that can't block and you get one attack. Yeah, like there is a, a necromancer, a legendary version of Ophiomancer, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jadar, ghoul caller of Nephalia. Mm-hmm. What's he read? At the beginning of your end step, if you control no creatures with Decayed, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. So Ophiomancer, if you remember, was a few years ago now, but made, made a sn- snake token, but she made it at the end of every turn or at the beginning of every turn. Yeah, every every upkeep if you don't have a snake. Right. So yeah, this is definitely a callback. Only a two drop here and adds up to the same amount of power, but the the two power is like the the part that you get to cash back in. So that's exciting. Doesn't have death touch, obviously, and can't block, but still. Yeah, but it means there's literally no downside to just windmilling your zombie into the red zone. Right. Yeah, you can still put the clamp on the zombie and then attack. Mm. Oh, the clamp. Well, yeah, the clamp and Ophiomancer are best friends, as right. Cameron didn't mention, but has shown off on stream before. I think. <laughs> clamp that snack. <laughs> yeah. Also, we're seeing a different showcase version of Jadar than the Harvest Tide showcase we saw in Arlen. And this appears to be the same kind of cool black and white treatment that we're getting the basic lands on we already talked about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's neat. I didn't know they were going to do that for some spells as well. That's very exciting. Yeah. There's one of those we've seen for Sigarda as well. So there's two different. Lots of booster fun going on. Booster fun. Or as store owners refer to it, migraine headaches. <laughs> Confusion. Yeah. Just going back to Jesus, she's been wearing that same wedding dress for Ooh, like yeah. 10 years now. The zombies aren't the only thing decaying. Yeah. That started off as a white dress. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just thinking that nobody on Innistrad looks like she's enjoying, they're enjoying life as much as Jisa is, right? Like, yeah. yeah. I can't even think of another magic card that's having as much fun. Maybe that looks like some of the pictures of, uh, sorry, the, the great Pyromancer from Dominaria possibly but like jisa just looks like you know moisturized relaxed in her lane mm-hmm. yep absolutely she's got a shovel in one hand a cleaver in the other and what appears to be a bag of hands tucked under her arm <laughs> <laughs> i know right like uh, uh, we we all love the the art of liliana riding an interlocking throne of zombies yeah but like jisa isn't even a planeswalker and she's kind of there yeah, that's true. Yeah, shout out to the OG. Bow down to the queen. Uh, I was just gonna, just gonna say the first time I read Decayed, I thought it meant I thought the zombies had to attack the next time they could. I thought it was like can't block, has to attack, then sacrifice it. But the fact that they don't have to attack means that it'll be you know much more common, obviously, and perhaps even easy to set up big alpha swings with these you know little mm-hmm. ball lightnings. Just build out your board of decayed zombies and just wait, 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 hold yeah. it, hang on. How many of you are there now? 12? Mm-hmm. Great, go. Yeah, it also means that even bad mass pump might be good. 
mm-hmm. right? Like even like a three mana, give your creatures plus one plus oh until end of turn might be relevant. I don't know how many of those are going to be in the set, but usually white has one. So we'll see. I just enjoy the conceit that all the zombies left on Innistrad after Li- after Liliana raised like all the dead Emrakul. She left some behind in the ground because they weren't very good. They just didn't make the cut. And this is kind of what we got left. Nice, yeah. Right? <laughs> Liliana maybe maybe depleted Innistrad's natural resources of piles and piles of corpses. That's <laughs> hilarious. And like true, if anyone remembers that format, like Liliana the Last Hope and Emrakul the Promised End were both pretty relevant cards in standard. And like you did see boards where there'd be like a last hope mirror mat like emblem mirror match and like sometimes magic online would break as you just like piled on like exponential you know numbers of zombies every turn like opposing board like sometimes it was correct not to attack because like they could block and you die in the backswing or whatever and like so green black players would just stare at each other as like thousands and thousands of zombie tokens would hit the board so yeah maybe it's only the like not good enough zombies that are left and that's the flavor here yeah it's it's either that or like the disintegration of the church of avison means that all the graveyards are unhallowed Mm. that could do it i mean it might be a locking system of catastrophes here that's Mm. really resulting in the collapse of the zombie ecosystem I want to talk about a card that we don't have a full English translation of yet, but is really cool. At least I think it's really cool. So it's a curse. It looks like it's probably going to be called Curse of Leeches, but again, we don't have an official translation. It's two in an enchantment or a curse. So you enchant player. If you recall from original Innistrad, the curses, you play them. They're on your side of the board. You control them, but they enchant your opponent. Generally speaking, they enchant your opponent. You don't typically want to curse yourself. And it says at the beginning of enchanted player's upkeep, that player loses one life and you gain one life. So three mana sits there and you just sort of drain them for one every turn. That's not spectacular, but (laughs) it it has day bound, meaning when it becomes night, you flip it over into a 4-4 lifelink leech horror. Well, there's a nightmare. Yeah. This thing comes on your face and then it turns into this giant thing. Yeah, the curse side also says as this card transforms into Curse of Leeches, attach it to a player. So it's not like it will die later. Like, it, you know, when it becomes night, you, it's a 4-4 with lifelink. If it becomes day again, it turns back into an enchantment and you just attach it to the to your opponent again. What a neat piece of design. Yeah, yeah. I mean, reminds me of what, Peter Jackson's King Kong, mm. where they enter the Valley of Medium Vermin. Oh, <laughs> that part of the movie was so messed up. Yeah, it was no good. But yeah, this is, uh, I don't like it. Not mm-hmm. a fan. Not a fan. Although this is like an interesting way of doing or making a flavorful IGI for Innistrad. Mm, yes, the old ill-gotten inheritance. Yeah. I like that they made it rare. Ill-gotten inheritance was like a frustration for a lot of players, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, ill-gotten inheritance was a very good limited card and frankly awful to play and awful to play against in paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've, we've all seen the discarded, like, stacks of life pads from tracking the old IGI mirror. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Still not as bad as extort somehow, but yeah. I could keep talking about stuff. Cam, is there anything <laughs> leaping out at you? <laughs> well, we, we did talk about the Birding Vengeance, which I really wanted to talk about. We talked about Jadar. We talked about Gisa. We talked about... Oh, one thing I just wanted to shout out, Unruly Mob. Hey, yeah. they've been here the whole time. Still here. Still yeah. mad. Not going anywhere. Still got love for the streets. Yeah. And with this new decayed mechanic, look like looking like maybe going to be the best Unruly Mob they've ever been. Yeah, no kidding. They're... Yeah. Ooh. 
the synergies profound we survived the travails killer angels horror from beyond the moon now some big werewolves think they can scare us let them try <laughs> you ain't got nothing I'm still here with my beard and my pitchfork yeah come at me bro oh doyle rules but like one card that i thought was really cool is the again it's something we don't have a translation for yet or an official translation for but scryfall is listing it as the heirloom oculus mm. it's an uncommon artifact for one in a black with an ability one and tap pay one life discard a card draw a card then mill a card i'm already here for this mm. right like just just kill me just just <laughs> you know like ruin my life here heirloom oculus but it also has a second line of text that says then put a ritual counter on heirloom oculus then if it has three or more ritual counters on it transform it activate only as a source no why <laughs> sorry <laughs> why oh this is why it's so important to read your cards first kids activate only as a sorcery it's trash no, it's not. <laughs> why why are you so excited to get to do it as an instant what's the difference i don't understand the question <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, thought you weren't a blue black player that needs to keep all your mana up all the time anymore. And I thought you were you were a Nurskrat's player who just wants to sacrifice their whole team on their own turn. Well, I mean, I do, but sometimes you want to do it on your opponent's turn too, and bring in like a four four flying blocker at instant speed with onboard right. tricks, because this transforms into a four four flyer with the ability two and a black exile target creature card from a graveyard put a plus one plus one counter on ancestral demon oh a graveyard a graveyard Ooh, get their disturbed creatures out of there yeah this is like yeah. diet scoos when i first looked at this i was like this is a lot of words and probably not that good but now i'm remembering now that milling yourself is awesome and yeah exiling their stuff is pretty great so maybe it's worth the three times rummaging over three turns and the three life you have to pay yeah and you can activate it the turn it comes into play because it's not a creature so you can yeah. pay it for two and activate it that turn and rummaging's gonna be better in this set for the same reason that milling yourself is is good so yeah, yeah. no maybe this is maybe this is good the, the name's probably mirror right like why are they going with oculus like it's a picture of a big mirror scryfall likes to get fancy with their yeah okay, okay. translation <laughs> names and and to be fair so does magic yeah no that's fair okay but yeah no i i like this a lot it reminds me a lot of oh what was it called in amoncat oh the bricks or something yeah with the brick counters that would rummaged and then when it got three brick counters it drew a card right only when this gets three brick counters it bricks you <laughs> it starts throwing the bricks at your opponent yeah <laughs> okay well that might be the nickname and that got play and Amonkhet was like a notoriously fast format yeah absolutely i'm not sure if it's going to be like a huge standout but i wouldn't mind talking about can't stay away someone shouted out fred penner on twitter what was it james or uh, some uh, someone shouted them out but this is a sorcery with a picture of a bunch of cats including one ghost cat my daughter's been a ghost cat all week for some reason i don't know why but yeah they're all sharing a meal together including the ghost cat for a black and a white mana sorcery return target creature card with mana value three or less from your grave from your graveyard to the battlefield it gains if this would die exile it instead and it has flashback for three generic and a white and a black so kind of like you know kitty cat version of unburial rights where you get to reanimate two creatures mm. it does it does remove those creatures it exiles the creatures but you know the fact that you can get you know like a three or less for two you know that pretty cheap two color but reminiscent effect of claim to fame or that that good one with cycling for one unearth i think that's right yeah mm. yeah so probably probably a pretty hot card for limited and possibly there'll be something there for constructed as well
well and certainly a very adorable picture yeah no i, I this card's great <laughs> nice oh hey they finally did it the absolute mad fools at wizards of the coast they printed a card called defenestrate yep and it's perfect it's two and a black for an instant destroy target creature without flying i mean reverse plummet yep yeah it's great right yeah. like this is basically a one-liner yeah. yeah fantastic not going to get a nickname no yeah the chaplain would perhaps have found some small comfort had he known that the replacement window would be named in his honor <laughs> This yeah. is the where the chaplain got owned memorial window. Yeah. Just a comedy masterpiece while also being horrific. All right. Let's look at the last two big mythics as well before we move on. Enduring Angel. Two white, white, white for a 3-3 three, three angel with flying, double strike, and you have hexproof. So, okay. Yeah, that seems pretty all right. Then there's this weird ability. If your life total would be reduced to zero or less, instead transform Enduring Angel and your life total becomes three. Then if Enduring Angel didn't transform this way, you lose the game, which I think we talked about. I think this was not on because this wasn't spoiled yet, so it can't have been on last episode. But I think we talked about this, that it was like if that ability, if they reduce you to zero and that ability goes on the stack and then they kill the angel in response, then it doesn't work and you lose the game. No, this is a replacement ability, although there might have been some other card we talked about like that. So this doesn't use the stack. So why is the then if it didn't transform? Why does that exist? I read a tweet by a, a clever player or judge. I'm not sure both. It's just if you make a copy of this and it didn't have that clause now your life total is just gonna be three forever unless like yeah they have to kill the copy first right like if you have a because copies of transform cards can't transform if they're instructed to transform they just don't ah even if it's like i th I think this is possibly true if it's like another transform card that's been turned into a copy i think there's just the rule where it's like if this is a copy the copy doesn't transform right because it literally wants the back side of the card and yeah copies exactly don't have a back side yeah right. it, okay so so if you yeah if you clone enduring ideal or enduring angel i mean then if it didn't transform you would just your life total would become three instead of zero and you'd still have the card that says next time your life total would be reduced to zero your life total becomes three so i mean they could have printed that card and it could have been this cute like okay i do that and then i put the hex proof and the indestructible on it or whatever and now i'm you know you can't kill me but they they didn't want that mm. see previous standard 2022 banning of the book of exalted deeds law <laughs> yeah so just i mean it doesn't that last line doesn't make a lot of sense in the context of just this card but in the context of like the whole game i think that's that's where it came from okay so assuming it all transforms successfully it turns into angelic enforcer which is an angel with flying and you still have hexproof and its power and toughness are each equal to your life total which at that point would be three and whenever angelic enforcer attacks double your life total meaning it would then it would attack that would happen you'd go to six and then it would be a six six so neat card probably pretty good and limited i don't know if it's the kind of thing you want to be sleeving up for constructed like usually the plan of getting some benefit after you went to zero is not great although who knows maybe there'll be some combo with it too yeah sometimes that happens where you got a like some lich's tomb you know complicated pay all your life plan yeah we have a mythic ooze which again skyfall yeah. is referring to as tarmo jelly <laughs> Yeah, I was calling this one Tarmogoy Factory. Yeah. yeah, so it's a star star plus one, and its power is equal to the number of card types among cards in your graveyard, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. At the beginning of your end step, create a green ooze creature token that says the same thing. Wow. So it makes copies of itself, but not the, the full version of itself where it makes the copies. But it spits, it's a Tarmogoyf and it spits out one more Tarmogoyf every turn, right? Yes. Pretty great. I guess yeah. at your end step too. So it's like two Tarmogoyfs for the price of two Tarmogoyfs and one extra mana. Damn. Yeah. Although, you know, it's five mana now, so clearly trash. Yeah. 
I I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if this is like that. I could see this maybe being a standard card. It seems pretty great. Yeah, it does seem pretty great. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. <laughs> I, I was I was being facetious. Well, I mean, honestly, I mean, you said it's five mana, so clearly trash. Like that is also true, right? Like it's, yeah. it's also totally fair. I mean, I th- I think I can file this pretty safely under commander stuff. Yeah. I mean, it might be. It's like kind of a cool reanimator target because it's usually two bodies. It it mm. looks like it could. You know, when we're in Innistrad, I always think like, okay, are we going to be reanimating a Thrag Tusk of some kind because that's like not super uncommon. And it was a pretty classic play pattern, like back in first Innistrad. And then second Innistrad, it also went like we played a lot of green, black, and it got pretty grindy. So maybe just like having wars with these things, I wouldn't be surprised if it was going to be happening in the next couple months. But yeah, I, I want to immediately give a submission for the nickname of Yo Dog. And then I'm sure you can hear the rest in your head. Mm. Mm-hmm. I heard you like we have uh, a couple more actually as as we are recording our friend Olivia got her preview card so let's talk about that the Celestis is a three mana legendary artifact this is sort of key to the whole harvest tide thing so bear with me while i say the words night and day a lot if it's neither day nor night it becomes day as the celestis enters the battlefield tap to add one mana of any color cool three and tap if it's night it becomes day otherwise it becomes night activate only as a sorcery so you have complete control over whether it's night or day whenever day becomes night or night becomes day you gain one life you may draw a card if you do discard a card (laughs) So if you don't care about night and day shenanigans, you can just keep, you can, like the guy from Truman Show, you can just keep flipping the sun on and off to gain a life and loot for three mana at sorcery speed, if that's all you care about. But I feel like being able to control whether it's day or night, again, only at sorcery speed, but will will be pretty powerful. Agreed. I just love the flavor of this card, not necessarily for its like mechanical influence, but just what this implies about Innistrad, right? Look at the scale of this. That is a bridge on the lower right Mm -hmm. right or appears to be so the celestis is huge as you know something that can manipulate the sun probably should be also i love the interlocking series of rings as a recurring horror trope in mega structures right like Mm -hmm. the event horizon drive yeah right i need to know like have we always had this on innistrad yeah has this thing been around the whole time Somebody somebody would have mentioned this, right? It's like, you know, at some point during Emrakul, you think somebody would have been like, we should try using the Celestis. And right. then everyone else would have been like, the what? It's like, you know, the the, the the megastructure that manipulates time. Oh, that. Yeah, I forgot we have that. You know, we never use it, so I forgot it existed. Right. It's like having it's it's like having a pressure cooker in the back of your cabinet, right? Something that seems handy and you bought with good intentions, but is honestly just kind of a pain to use. Yeah, I'm wondering like if we were talking about the lore earlier about how nights keep getting longer and longer, has no one thought to just flip this thing? Yeah, like I'm assuming what this is is that somebody has made this because it's built in a ruin. Right. So this is probably like humanity's last ditch hope to use like an engineering solution to an ecological problem ah yes we just pour enough iron into the sea we'll build a thing that manipulates the sun and that will re-regulate the day night pattern it'll be fine it'll be fine It's going to be fine. All we have to do is pull all the carbon out of the atmosphere with these huge machines we're going to build. <laughs> Will it work? Oh. How could it fail? <laughs> I'm going to need a billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they've also printed new Tango Lands. Right. We should talk about that. <laughs> so we're just seeding that fight, huh? We're just giving up on that one. Yep. <laughs> 
Yeah, fine. I'm in, I'm incensed that anyone even still remembered that they were calling them Tangalands, but they're not exactly they like they aren't the the same. Like it's not this isn't a completion of a cycle or anything, right? Like this is a different thing that just also has the number two on it. Is it enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands? Is that sorry? Which set did those come out in? I'm old. <laughs> Like which 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 set are you comparing them to? Are you comparing them to Seachrome Coast? I'm gonna do a quick search, just a second. Because so Deserted Beach enters tapped unless you control two or more other lands. Oh no, you're right. This is a unique wording. Yeah, Seachrome Coast enters untapped unless you control <clears throat> two or more other lands. So they're like fast lands. No, I was thinking of a different cycle. Yeah, no, the Tango lands from uh, Zendikar. But those ones count basics, don't they? The battle for Zendikar lands don't they? Ca- they ca- actually want you to have basic lands, don't they? I can't even remember what those ones are called. <laughs> uh, from Kaladesh. Okay. Like Botanical Sanctum enters the battlefield tapped unless you control two or fewer other lands. Right. Yeah, which is the same as the ones from like Scars of Mirrodin. Yes, exactly. Yeah, so that, that whole cycle has been completed and I think we usually refer to it as fast lands. Right. So the ones I was thinking of. Okay. From Battle for Zendikar, Prairie Stream, Sunken Hollow, Smoldering Marsh, Cinderglade, and Canopy Vista say pra- they enter the battlefield unless you control two or more basic lands. Right. Right. And those those also have the land types. Yes. Right. So this is a completely new thing. Yeah. All right. Thank Christ no one will be calling these Tango lands. Glad, glad we got through it. I'm I'm fine with slow lands. I don't know if that's been used yet. It's also pretty similar to Fabled Passage. So if we want to work that in, I don't know. But Fabled Passage wants three other lands. These only need two other lands. Yeah, maybe we'll just call them Midnight Lands or something. Yeah, so on turn one or two, these will come in tapped. Otherwise, they don't. Yeah, pretty great duel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then there's, there's five of them in white, blue, black, red, green, white, red, green, and blue black yeah and i don't know this seems like a fantastic duel yeah yeah good stuff i'm excited about the set yeah me too just mm. looking at all the art in aggregate looking at a whole page of these spoilers i'm like oh yeah innistrad this is great yeah we've already seen a whole set's worth of like different pictures and art treatments right like there's probably already 300 images you can look at yeah and if you'd like to do more than look at them if you'd like to touch them you can go on over to cardking.com and pre-order them probably right now i imagine they have the sealed product up you can get new sealed product if you live in the united United States of America, but you'll be able to order the singles wherever you are in the world. If you go to cardgame.com forward slash LRR, don't forget to say we sent you and ask for a button, please, because we need to get those buttons the heck out of there. They currently say lands in the front, party in the back. <sighs> And it's always a party over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun because that's how we make all the stuff and we really appreciate your support in doing so. So that's going to do it for this episode. We'll be back to talk uh, more about Innistrad at some point. Next week might be a Crack-A-Pack episode or something. We're not entirely sure. You know, it's going to be good. Tune in for it. <laughs> Until then, I have been Graham, joined by Nelson. Uh, yeah. And Cameron. Hi. <laughs> James ran the card reader. Jordan edits these. Heather gets them online. And you all have been listening and we thank you for it talk to you next time bye Bye.